Monday morning, January 10, 2022. Jim Wiesmeyer, Davis Michelson here on Signal to Noise. Good morning, Jim from Washington. Good How was the morning, weekend, buddy. That's How a, was the weekend? It's a cold, but uh, no snow. So it looks like Congress is going to have to work again. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. Uh, you, you had quite the snow events uh, last week, made the news and everything. Yeah, well, anything over an inch drops this town down. But we had eight <laughs> inches in D.C. at one time, a little bit Is more later. Right? And then I, where I where I live, we had about four inches. We can handle that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, for sure, for sure. Well, we're glad that you've joined us, everyone. Um, we're here to talk policy and, and the goings-on in Washington and elsewhere. And, Jim, uh, let me just throw you a softball right over the plate. Let's talk a little bit about the Farm Bureau Convention. Um, what, are, what are your takeaways? What was said? What's... Uh, What's to know about that? Well, I can briefly summarize what uh, their president, Zippy Duval, said, because I think it captured it. Uh, he said he, they want more bipartisanship in Washington. They want more trade agreements because there hasn't been any. Uh, so they want like phase two for China, even though phase one has expired, and they want a return to the uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership that has been renamed. And they more and they want more than just climate talk. So I, I think that mm. captures it, Ron. Uh, we're, we're not going to get a phase two, are we? we there's, there's no kind of leverage here for that, is there? Uh, no, but when it comes to China, I tell people in my speeches, China needs commodities, whether they're from the U.S. or, you know, South America. And as we know, that, that South America is burning up right now. And uh, they're, they're going to probably come in for our, uh, you know, new crop beans faster than what, uh, uh, you know, many in the market uh, thought. And that's why I think you've seen the run up in the beans. But bottom line, China still needs a lot of worldwide soybeans and corn. And uh, that, that's not been adequately, I think, understood of their continued need for corn, because as their hawk population comes back, and it has, they're going to need more protein, and that bodes well for worldwide corn imports from them. Well, and if we can just just tiptoe down this rabbit trail just a little bit as far as the phase one deal goes, as I understand it, they didn't quite live up to the expectation to, you know, they didn't make all the purchases that were expected or agreed to uh, in that agreement. But could it be argued that with or without a phase one agreement in place that they basically would have purchased pretty much what they did either way? Well, I think that they, they did uh, purchase more than they would have otherwise, uh, okay. especially in the meat area, probably. And But but that, that agreement was very good, I think, for U.S. Ag, ag sectors because of the other protocols that they signed on to that hopefully will be extended. And this is what we're going to have to know from the Biden administration. Now, U.S. Trade Rep. Catherine Tai. Uh, later this week, I think on Wednesday this week, at, at an association, will give a speech. So maybe she'll detail a little bit more of the Biden vision, uh, you know, Davis, uh, because of uh, uh, we haven't really got much detail as far as where they're going from a trade policy perspective. Right. They've had enough time to review the Trump administration's trade policy. So, But uh, on China, uh, boy, they... They're going to be, I don't care what anybody says, their demand for protein is just going to be very good uh, over the next decade as they try to 
build up their middle class. So first thing you do is you, in, in, you know, improve your diets, and that's protein. And uh, they, they're very limited on arable land. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, they could increase productivity, but the demand for uh, soybeans and corn and sorghum, uh, Milo, uh, very, you know, very good for the years ahead, with or without an agreement. Well, and there was a, a pretty substantial trade pact signed, was it two weeks ago, with several Asian nations that included Australia, but excluded the United States. How much of a problem is that going to be? Well, that's sending a signal here in town that they're that they're getting the commodity groups, farm groups and farm state lawmakers are telling the White House, hey, you know, we're getting behind here. So that's why mm -hmm. I think they're going to have to come to grips with some of the to propose some new trade agreements. The problem, Davis, is that the administration subject to changes, they want to rely on what, what we call executive agreement, more like an executive order, that they don't need okay. Congress to approve it. Well, you're limited in that area. You can do some, but I guess they think the votes may not be there for trade agreements. The tip-off of a possible change in the Biden administration's trade policy will be if they formally propose uh, returning or uh, you know, uh, reauthorizing, you know, fast track, you know, trade promotion authority TPA, because yeah. yeah. that has expired, and you're not going to get any trade agreement without TPA. The reason is that that limits an approval or rejection of of a proposed trade agreement that needs the Senate okay mm -hmm. with an up or down vote and no amendment. So let that be the signal, you know, for for any change. Well, and the. You had mentioned, uh, going back to the, the Farm Bureau Convention, you mentioned, I don't know, would you call it pushback on a climate-based policy, a climate-focused policy, or uh, can, you, can you meet that out a little bit more for us? I think it was Duval and Farm Bureau, uh, yes, uh, it was, it was a, a polite pushback. Okay. As, as, as he would do. He's a, he's a Southern gentleman with mm -hmm. a bite. All mm -hmm. Southerners have a bite. Don't get them <laughs> riled up. I've learned that. Uh, uh, they're saying, you know, enough already. We've we we understand your 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 initiatives on climate. It's very mm -hmm. important. We agree with with a lot of that. However, there are other very important things to talk about. You know. Uh, waters of the U.S. rule that's in abeyance right now. Uh, it, you know, we don't even know when it's coming out. And I was told that that could be more onerous for agriculture than many think now. But I want to see the specifics. There's things such as uh, the, the the chemicals, uh, dicamba, uh, other chemicals. Where's EPA going on that? Uh, we still have uncertainties regarding uh, the renewable fuel standard, uh, the waivers, you know. So I think that was all embodied in what he was saying. Hey, we've got a series of things here, including a new farm bill debate, right. in which we're at least going to have regional hearings this year for sure. That that's a given. Hearings, but probably wait until after the midterms before anything actually becomes more concrete. Fair. Absolutely. Any listener or viewer who hears anything that we're going to have significant details of a new farm bill, put your hand on your wallet because it's just not going to happen mm -hmm. because the house ag committee Republicans know that there's not just high odds, very high odds 
that they're going to be in control of, uh, of the House next uh, year, and maybe even the Senate Republicans. But uh, so, so they're going to air out some issues, which they should, but yeah. they're going to want to put their mark on the bill because we, we've had a different ch change in tone in the House Ag Committee, uh, you know, under the current leadership, Mr. Scott from Georgia. Uh, I don't put any report card on that, but it's just a different uh, attitude of what issues you discuss. I think it will go back to more production agriculture uh, if and when the Republicans come back into uh, play. Okay, very good. Um Jim, we've gotten an awful lot of questions about WIP Plus, and maybe you can fill in some of the details, give us a status report on WIP. Sure. Now, I always look for barometers, and I would tell, again, viewers and listeners, and if you have questions, make sure that you key them in so, so, so we can answer them live here. But uh, I think there's, there's a spot on the, on, the, uh, 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 on the site to do that. Uh, but the barometer I'm looking for is when does USDA send proposed regulatory changes for WIP Plus for tw eligible 2020 and 2021 crops, livestock, and dairy? Now, it, it's not over at the OMB yet. I think they do need to go to OMB. But remember when on AgriTalk, uh, Secretary of Agriculture uh, Vilsack told us he thought maybe uh, the, the regs could come out yet in December. Uh, maybe we were at fault by not asking him what year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it took so many months to get all of the kinks worked out and finally get WIP plus eight out for 2018 and 2019 crops. And, and, you know, why change the program other than to meet statutory required changes, you know, and, uh, USDA has had that bill uh, uh, authorizing it for, for 2020 and 2021 for four months now. Now, come on, that, that, we're still dragging their feet. So th th I know they're looking at ways to streamline, um, you know, WIP Plus, uh, uh, get payments out faster. That's an understatement. Maybe merge WIP Plus with the quality loss adjustment. That would be a good idea. Right. And hopefully they're going to address some of the problems, uh, such as making sure uh, producers with revenue insurance are not treated punitively uh, like they were. Uh, and hopefully they'll work more closely with USDA's risk management agency because they have all the data to expedite the payments. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know what needs to be done. I, I know that there's been people retire from USDA and the brain drain is starting to hurt not just USDA, but a number of, of departments in government. And, and I've seen that. So uh, maybe it's a function of not having the right people in the right spots, but we need information on wet plus. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, in 2021, we saw cattle producers of all stripes kind of, uh, coming together on one accord, a, a singular focus, or at least agreement among different, different sorts of cattle producers, um, about what needs to happen in the cattle market. Now we see some talk coming out of Washington to me, I don't know if it feels like window dressing or not. What do you make of the conversation on uh, on the meat markets? Well, 
We've got politics involved and we have economics involved. Hopefully the economics will prevail, but too often that's not the case when politics enters into it. And I think we, we I don't think, I know, we saw some of that at the White House uh, last week when Vilsack joined uh, Biden and the attorney general on, on there. There was nothing really new about that. They're pointing fingers at these big meat packers. And, uh, mm -hmm. but, but uh, you, uh, there, there is something, uh, a lawmaker, uh, you know, Senator Roger uh, you know, Marshall, Republican from Kansas, uh, he's offering beef, beef labeling legislation. And so he's eyeing a rewrite of the product of the USA label. There's three different stages of his labeling. I don't want to get into the details of that, sure. but I, I will say any revisions to the product of USA label uh, would be what kind of restrictions are imposed and, and, and because it could impact imports of cattle from Canada or, or hogs, and many of which are imported into this uh, you know, country. So at, at a young age and then fed in U.S. feedlots and processed at U.S. meat facilities. But so that's something to watch uh, this week. I, I think that he'll be commenting on that bill, Davis. Mm -hmm. But as far as the other uh, aspects of uh, uh, of the pointing the fingers. Uh, the, the, we never see pointing of fingers when uh, prices at the supermarket for meat are relatively low. It's always when they're high. So right. I know that there should be some expansion in livestock you know, processing. That's always good. But the problem is, is when you do it too fast, are any new entrants going to be able to withstand a market downturn mm. or their share of the profits? And, and that's what usually happens when government gets involved. They, they help out in the short term, but then the long term, there's pain because uh, the new entrants don't have the cash flow to survive a market downturn. So that's, I think, what we're into right now. Okay, interesting. I've got a note here from producer Joe Stackler. We have a question in the comments section. Jim, can you see it? I can't see the question. I have to go look at it. Let's see. Yeah. Comments. I'm hearing more and more coming out of China, investing, investing in hydrogen-powered vehicles. Any rumblings in D.C. about hydrogen? Uh, hydrogen that. was the future when I was in high school, he says. Uh, and I graduated in 2001. You're a young whippersnapper. Wow. Right? Yeah. It seems like we are looking at nothing but electric now. Yes. My answer to that is the flow of investment money will go where opportunities uh, are uh, evident and if allowed to. But you really are seeing a big buildup in uh, electric cars now, not just in the U.S., but in China because they're going around the world locking in the uh, the uh, you know critical minerals lithium uh, mm -hmm. etc uh, for that industry and let's hope that we can flex our muscles now I've read recent research that in the battery technology that's what you watch for battery technology 
there are research, there's research going on relative to the use of sodium salt, of which we have a lot. Okay. So okay. if we can find the economics, the prevailing economics in that, that could be a game changer. I'm not predicting that, but that's some of the research that, that I've seen. But I can see battery technology improving just in, and not just cars, but in the technology I buy, uh, the, my new MacBook Pro mm -hmm. goes 18 hours on a charge. Wow. 18. So I could fly mm -hmm. from here to Phuket, Thailand, which I love, mm -hmm. and I don't have to have a battery charge. So yeah. uh, this, is, this is unbelievable, and it's going to get better. And now you're having the big guys in the automobile industry. Uh, Tesla is the innovator. But Mercedes-Benz came out with a prototype that uh, they're, they're saying it's going to come out sooner uh, publicly than people think uh, on, on an electric car that has like, what, 600-mile range on a battery? Yes. So uh, hydrogen was the question. Uh, yeah, I'll have to look at the investment flow for hydrogen, but you need infrastructure for yes. anything. And yes. so uh, we're, we're in the embassy stage of building the infra infrastructure for battery operated vehicles. I don't mm -hmm. think we're anywhere close to that in the hydrogen area, but we will check that out. That's a good yes. question. Well, and that's, that's a, a good thought too, Jim, is you've got to have that foundation, that infrastructural foundation. And even in my area here in the middle of Podunk, Iowa, we've got electric vehicle charging stations popping up all over town. Um, do, you, do you speak any Thai? You mentioned Thailand. Do you speak any Thai? No, but... No? But, uh, well, when I'm sober, I don't. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a few words when I'm over there. I do remember the line I always get when I go to P Phuket. You can yep. get anything. <laughs> anything. I think this is a conversation for Friday evening, not Monday morning. <laughs> Uh, I do love Thailand. It's the one place where I rode my first elephant, you know? No kidding. Oh, it was quite a ride. I loved it. That's I, awesome. Oh, yeah. and they train the elephants. I will tell you that the tamest elephants are female elephants. I love Okay. Them. Yes. I'm going to leave that's that alone. Case, that's not, yes, that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg uh, going to visit California on the port situation, Port of Los Angeles, Port of Long Beach. Are we are we backing up again? Are we second verse, same as the first? The latest data I'm getting in shows we're going back to more oh, no. delays. So we're going to see the spin that uh, Pete Buttigieg puts on that tomorrow. I'm glad that he's going out because you, you learn stuff when you go out. So, uh, yeah, we, we need to get an update on that because I'm not saying nothing has improved. They have. But, you know, I wrote an item this morning. The New York ports, uh, of all things, are, are having a backup. Now, that was due, uh, uh, not totally, but due to uh, weather you know, related events. So sure. I think we're seeing an expansion of some of the problems. Bottom line, what's the upshot here? This logistics problem, uh, you know, supply chain is going to last through most, if not all of, of this year. I, I hope I'm wrong. Okay. Okay. Um, we've talked a little bit about China 
in in the news, it's been Russia, Russia, Russia. It seems like the one that that really caught my attention and had me thinking over the weekend. And you can steer me back to reality if I'm way off base here, but the Kazakhstan situation, um, unrest to the degree that reports had surfaced that Russia was sending reinforcements, was sending troops over there to try and maintain the peace. Now, Jim, this is at, at a time when we're seeing Russia ask for NATO to uh, halt its continued expansion eastward. Is, is Russia sending troops to Kazakhstan to demonstrate its ability to maintain the peace in the face of NATO, saying, hey, look, we don't need NATO. Look, we can fix this Kazakhstan thing. Everything's going to be fine. Is, are, they, are they related or am I way off base? Well, that's, that, could, that could well be part of it. I, th- I think that that's a salient uh, 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 analysis, Davis. But, but you know, what Putin, of uh, 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 not a farmer, he, you know, once you're a KGBer, you're always a KGBer, but he takes opportunities of crisis situations to try to go back as much as he can to the former Soviet Union. And that's clearly what he's doing. There's a picture, I guess I should have had it, with a shotgun uh, on the cover of The Economist magazine. Is This is how Putin negotiates with a gun in his hand, you know, mm-hmm. of unrealistic expectations. Does he just want an excuse to further go into Ukraine? Uh, and as far as Kazakhstan... He just took it as an opportunity to uh, to sh- to flex uh, his muscles. Now, the latest this morning on the Ukraine, you know, situation is a Soviet, uh, you know, you know, uh, I'm sorry, you know, Russia's foreign minister, mm-hmm. uh, quote, completely ruled out the possibility that Russia would make concessions in talks with the uh, West over Ukraine. Well, I. You know, they're going to talk today um, uh, from the military perspective and then later on this week with NATO, Ukraine, et cetera. So uh, the, the secretary general of NATO on Sunday said the alliance was prepared for, quote again, a new armed conflict in Europe should talks fail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Anthony Blinken, who's our secretary of state, was very revealing. You usually don't, as a Secretary of State, uh, forecast uh, specific sanctions that's going to happen. But he did that on the Sunday network news shows. So, mm-hmm. and he also said he didn't expect any breakthrough. So, this thing is not getting less uh, on the radar screen. It's it's yeah. flashing red red lights, literally. I happened to be in Berlin in 1990 when the uh, wall was coming down. Yes. There have been talks um, of, you know, concerns about segmenting that portion of the world as it was back after World War II. Is this a legitimate concern? Well, if it is, you're going to see people rile up from the right light. You don't that that you talk about more than that's be a wall back, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just not the the uh, freedom's an interesting thing. To to get it, it's hard. To keep it's even harder, apparently. Yeah. Uh, but you don't want to lose it, nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, USDA reports coming out this week. That's exciting. Oh my goodness, yeah. And you, it's always. I know Brian Grady at Pro Farber says you watch the grain stocks report because they have an ability to always surprise. Frankly, that's one of USDA's weakest uh, surveys, uh, both uh, really off-farm stocks, but 
<coughs> but uh, uh, we also have a look on the U.S. winter wheat. We're going to see uh, whether or not we're going to get a surprise to the downside on the uh, acre seedings for winter wheat. That's what the market's telling me over, over the weekend that they're watching out for. And from a, from a, a supply and internationally, um, I think uh, Brazil comments on their soybean production the day before, Tuesday. Uh, so we're going to see some of these uh, private estimates are really dropping Brazil's, uh, you know, soybean crop and Argentina's corn crop. Uh, Argentina is really flaring up on the temperature side. So uh, USDA usually takes a conservative approach in reducing uh, both Brazil and, and Argentina crops when they're going down, but they are going down. So those yeah. are the things to watch out for. And look at that carryover for corn. How will it go? Will it be closer to 1.3 billion you know, bushels or under because of our ferocious demand for corn? So you got to look at the ending stocks, you know, forecast as well, because that's what the market will. Yep. All right. Turn your uh, turn your gaze toward the horizon of this week. What are you going to be watching? What should we be watching out for as the week goes on? Well, Congress, not much, because this is the week that the Senate uh, Democrats are saying that they want to, by the 17th of, uh, of January, do a voting rights legislation. But you're going to need 60 votes in the Senate. And uh, that means an end to the filibuster because of it, it won't happen, because uh, both Manchin from West Virginia and uh, uh, Kirsten Sinema, Democrat from Arizona, said they do not want to significantly change or change at all the filibuster language. So this is just uh, the last uh, attempt at uh, trying to ch uh, change the voting uh, rights rules to a federal approach, as opposed to what the Constitution says, to leave it at the state level. And I don't think you're going to hear much more from Congress this week. It's, re it's really outside, thankfully, Congress this week. As far as the Build Back Better, we haven't even mentioned that. Oh, that's oh, right. No. Yeah. That's, that's news. That How have we not talked about this? Yes, go. <laughs> well, the, the Washington Post over the weekend had a story that said, uh, uh, basically, it's on ice, and it's going to get into a tundra pretty soon. Uh, the, the reports is that Senator Manchin has withdrawn his previous $1.8 trillion counteroffer to the White House. So it looks like this is failing fast, you, you know, Davis. Is this, uh, <laughs> is this Manchin finally, is this because of, of Manchin's efforts here? He may have slowed it down and made some people think a little bit. Is he getting the, the nod, the, uh, the disparaging looks from supporters of it? Is he, the, oh. is he the guy that made this happen? He's the guy that made this happen. And the data is going his way. What with inflation, uh, the Federal Reserve is uh, now there's the debate in how soon do they start the interest rate increases and how often. But this is all cautionary flags that Manchin set up in his initial many mm -hmm. months ago comments that he thought that Congress was going too far too fast. And I think he's been proven right. Fed's feeling a little hawkish these days from, from where I'm sitting. Is that how you're gauging them right now as well? 
Yes, the talk. But you know, some Fed watchers, including the guy we totally respect, Dr. You know, Vince Malanga of yeah. LaSalle Economics, I think his latest is that he only sees uh, them increasing rates one time. But boy, there's other people in the, uh, it, it takes many different viewpoints for traders and, and we have it. I want to go back to what I wrote this this morning, I think it was Goldman Sachs that that they have a, a more than a more than one. Uh, I think that they have up to four. You you uh, interest rate changes probably four basis. Yeah, that that's a lot. That's wow. A, so I, there's yeah. a dichotomy there because, uh, and and I understand it. Uh, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome J. Powell has been reticent. I think he got too close to the administration and his former boss, Janet Yellen, who's Treasury Secretary, of denying that inflation uh, was not transitory. Now, they, they've made it clear now they made a mistake. Uh, so, but now, if this thing still gets away and inflation keeps at, at lofty levels longer than what they currently think, then he's going to have to get pretty aggressive. The problem, the conundrum, we would say, is he's in a maybe the Fed's in a box here, because if the Omicron variant continues to slow down the U.S. economy, I mean it's rampant throughout the U.S. Uh, will we have stagflation? In other words, the U.S. economy going down on on a, on a GDP basis levels, not a recession. While at the same time, you're having to deal with inflation by raising interest rates. That's the definition of stagflation. And that's that's still up in the air. We don't know. Right. And, right. And former Treasury Secretary Lawrence Summers over the weekend said that even after the Fed's hawkish pivot, he called it, and after the sell-off in treasuries, he said policymakers and investors are still underestimating what will be required to bring down inflation. Mm. So those are signals here, clear signals. Right. If they are correct, uh, we're, in we're in to some pain later on this year. And that's the Fed dilemma that they're into. Mm. Well, Jim, I wish we had more time, but we are out of time for today's edition of DC Signal to Noise. I appreciate your, uh, your insights, buddy. Have a great week. It's good to see you, man. Sure. Anytime. Anytime. And be sure and join us next Monday morning when we'll listen for the signals and cut out the noise here on Signal to Noise.